This is the Mormon Expression Podcast. Find us on the web at mormonexpression.com. Okay, welcome back to another edition of Mormon Expression. I'm your host, John Larson. We're back with our regular panel. Um, first, uh, coming to us from the heart of Zion is uh, Tom. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, all the way over from the uh, magnificent European coast is Nile. Greetings. And um, from the humid south is James. Good evening. And, of course, I'm coming from the beautiful state of North Carolina. Um, and we're missing George tonight from the West Coast, so the West Coast is unrepresented. On the 24th of July of this year, 2009, the Pew Forum released some um, statistical information about the church. It's, of course, the Pew Research Center's Forum on Religious and Public Life in 2007 was the uh, baseline publication, and they have some statistical analysis and some commentary about the church, its culture, and its people. And tonight, we're just going to take some time to uh, look at those findings and to uh, talk about it. Okay, the first thing they start out with demographics, and it's interesting to compare their numbers to the church's numbers. They did a big survey, and I assume they followed all the great statistical processes, and they came out with 1.7% of the total U.S. population as of 2007 were self-reported to be Mormon. Uh, I believe of those, 96% said they were of the uh, mainline Salt Lake City Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint. If you do the math, that comes out to 5.1 million. Now, the church, for the same period, claimed 5.9 million. I actually expected there to be a bigger difference. I thought that was, uh, uh, for the church's numbers, that was pretty close. Um, the church, at that time, claimed 12.9 million of their total worldwide population, so... So that's about an 800,000-member deficit. So uh, I know some ex-Mormons out there have accused the church of inflating their numbers by as much as half. So the Pew Forum does not agree that the LDS Church, at least those who self-report, are, are kind of in the ballpark, only 800,000 off. So you yeah, mean the church, is re the church is actually reporting honest numbers? Get out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not completely honest, but they, they're, not, they're not outright lies, right? They're just a little... A little fudgy. That's what you'd expect, I suppose. <laughs> All right. <laughs> how is is it attending meetings is how the church would call you a, a, an active member, or is it paying tithing? I think the church just counts you if you're a member on the rolls. They don't drop you unless you are excommunicated or resigned, from what I understand. But the whole process of how they come up with their numbers is a little bit shrouded in mystery. Kind of like the Google search algorithm. <laughs> good I, think, I think the church has, uh, what, the ward clerk goes around and counts in sacrament, and then they have the rolls, and they check off who's active, and they have to report that, that back. Of course, I don't know what happens to the numbers when they're sent in or what, what happens. So. Well, yeah, as a former ward clerk, I can tell you that the church keeps pretty accurate numbers of attendance and attendance by priesthood holders and all that sort of stuff. But they just don't publish those figures outside of corporate headquarters. I don't know if anybody's ever seen them. So we really don't know when they report their conference number who's counted and who's not. Do you think the church will put out a release, like a, um, a statement in uh, in what's a, what's accurate in this uh, Pew Forum or, do, or not? I, I checked their press releases and they haven't. I suspect if they were going to, they would have already done it by now. It's what... Um, about two weeks after that, so I, I don't think they're going to say anything. Maybe it's because it's fairly accurate, but I don't know. Could be. But they just don't want to cause any more needed attention onto it. Yeah. Just thinking of other interpretations. <laughs> okay, of the demographic section, the next part, a lot of it is expected. Uh, there's a couple things in there, like there's more women in the church than men. I think it was 56% are women, which is slightly higher than national average. Uh, well, the polygamy thing. <laughs> More women have got to get to the celestial kingdom than men, so that completely makes sense to me. Yeah, they might have to bring polygamy back. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the next one that I found interesting was the um, information on income. Now they broke it up into like um, lower income, 
a middle income, middle income is about fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a year and a hundred thousand dollars and more. And it came out that the Mormons for that fifty to a hundred thousand were higher than the population, so it was higher than expected. So there's a correlation Mormonism to getting you into the middle class. Um, but that started breaking down with the higher income levels and it went down to about average. So um, it's something that I've argued before that if you live the principles of Mormonism, then that plays out well in your life that it'll give you this, you know, the, I don't know, monetary discipline, the discipline to go to school and, uh, you know, to work a steady job and kind of get yourself into the middle class. You were surprised that was accurate, John? I mean, is your agreement with that? Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I'm saying that confirmed my suspicion. It seems like any money that you saved or gained by living the principles would, you know, go right back into the church. Well, yeah, I wonder geez. if you would have, if you would have added ten percent to their income, what uh, what these numbers would have looked like. <laughs> well, for me, I, I thought I, I thought it was kind of surprising. I mean, just from a guy that's in the heart of Utah, I see a lot of what, foreclosures, bankruptcies. For some reason, I I thought that uh, we would be a little bit lower on the scale of financial stability uh, but that's just that's just from my biased perspective well I, I guess of these figures the most surprising thing to me was um, as a former missionary my experience is that missionaries tend to baptize the um, uh, lower income demographic and that'll actually come up later in this um, survey but um, so I expected that number to be higher but uh, more were in the that middle bracket so that just talks about where the growth of the church is coming from. Yeah, it doesn't actually break it down to growth. It just says this is of self-reporting. This is where they break down in income. Okay. Now, the, the next figure that I found very interesting, of course, a lot of these get more interesting as we go along, but um, on the characteristics of converts to Mormonism, and this one was completely counterintuitive to me. It said, um, Converts tend to be older than lifelong Mormons. Nearly half of the converts, 48%, are over age 50, compared with about 3 in 10 lifelong members. So about 29% reported to be lifelong members, and about uh, 48% are over age 50. Now, once again, drawing on my own personal missionary experience, uh, missionaries tend to baptize young people. But the one thing that the Pew Forum here doesn't say is when these guys were baptized. So the fact that most of the converts are age 50 might point to an aging convert pool. Do you know what I'm saying? That that the church had big growth 30 years ago, back when these people were all 20, and now they've aged. But it doesn't say when they when they converted. Well, I think so, the younger, the more savvy you are about uh, the Internet. You know, and the more savvy you are about the Internet, the more easy it is to, to find, you know, information that's contrary to what the missionaries are telling you. Uh, yeah, could, but not not everybody's looking for the information. I mean, there's a there's a ton of people in Utah that have the internet that just, you know, that they just think that's the a bad idea to be searching for that kind of stuff. Yeah, but they're well, not they, they're not they're not young to convert. Yeah, they're not. Well, they're not seeking to to. So who are these uh, Mormons knocking on my door telling me magic underwear and all this kind of stuff? And then they look look up this kind of stuff and they you know kind of see some nasty things out there. Members aren't going to do that. They already found it. Yes. <laughs> well, magic, I mean, I mean, why, magic underwear, Nile. Though you wore that stuff. Come on. Yeah. Be, be, be cool. I believe in Santa Claus too, but you see me waiting for him uh, on Christmas Eve anymore. <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> yeah, you got me. <laughs> well, let me let me let me back up and kind of defend the, the magic underwear comment. That's what they're gonna. Th People who are looking on the internet who are thinking about joining the church, they're not going to look up sacred temple garments. They're going to look up magic underwear. Well, there's another interesting number that might shed some light on where we're going with this conversation. It does, <laughs> does say, um, and th these do confirm my uh, negative biases, I suppose. It says, converts also tend to be less educated than non-converts. 16% did not graduate from high school compared to just 6% of lifelong members, and they earn decidedly lower incomes. 40% make less than $30,000 a year compared to 21% among non-converts. So of the converts, they also tend to be less educated than the general population of the United States and the general population of the Mormon faith, and they tend to be um, lower income, and that does back up with my experience. That would uh, confirm my uh, experience as well on, from my mission. 
That confirms my non-existent experience too. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, the number's probably not completely accurate, but it's probably close. Well, no, I, I don't think that's necessarily a, a Mormon thing. I would think that people who are interested in changing religions to people, I think most people that that door is not even open. They're just not going to entertain the idea of converting. So you have to be looking for something. And if you're, you know, decidedly in the middle class, everything's going well, you're just not going to be thinking about that sort of thing. That makes perfect sense to me. You know, even people I've met who are converts who were, you know, wealthy or well off, it, it often, they had an experience in their life that came before that, you know, a death in the family or, or, or something like that, that made them seek. And I don't think that says one thing or another about the truth value of the church. It's just, that's what tends to get people into the mood to, to investigate that sort of thing. Yeah, I want to kind of go back at the beginning. You said that uh, well, majority of Mormons are women, 56%, it says here in the study. Correct. One of the things that it says a little above that is nearly three-quarters of Mormons are married, 71%, I think it says. Yeah, and it says the only religious group that exceeds that number are Hindus. So more Mormons are married than any other you know, Jewish or uh, Christian faith. Or, I actually, I wanted to say that maybe that should be a little bit higher, but I'm, I don't know. I mean, I know that the religion is uh, heavily uh, focused on marriage and being married and mar getting married in the temple. And, and it's, I think it's a pretty safe assumption saying that it is quite difficult for a single person to live their lives in the LDS faith. Well, you also have to remember that the LDS church demographics skew young. So there's a lot right. of people under 18, so that would actually boost that number up even higher. Because would they be included in the in the polls, though? I think they are. So somebody who's 12 would be would be reflected in this? Uh, maybe not. Maybe they uh, excluded them from the marriageable age. But even then, just like our um, podcast from a few weeks ago, you know, we see a lot of Mormons at 18, 19, 20 getting married. So. Though, once again, it still skews young. The number is high. You know, the Hindu uh, culture, from what I understand, has a strong tradition of, of families and getting married and arranged marriages and that sort of thing. So I think it's telling that even the, the Mormons exceed Islam, which is another family-oriented culture. Now the Mormons got to BYU. <laughs> well, that helps, I suppose. Okay, the next section it was a little bit more interesting to me, which is about religious belief and practices. Probably the first most surprising number is that of the Mormons polled, the belief in God ranked at 100%. And the, the, the statistical survey people seem quite surprised at that. Usually when you get 100% of anything, it's, it's questionable. So 100% of all Mormons believe in God or some sort of supreme being. I guess it would be you, hard to be a Mormon and not. Do you guys agree with that assumption? I mean, I, I think so because we have what? When... When you uh, become baptized, they they have to ask you the baptismal questions, or you have to meet with your bishop and kind of get grilled over. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in the Book of Mormon? I, so yeah, I, they kind of have to say yeah. I I don't know. There's got to be since we have such a large contingent of the New Order types who have to stay in the church even though they don't believe. Um, what? Jeez. Something something like ha well, they're they're married to somebody who's going to drop the hatchet on them if they don't you know jump through the right hoops. But, <laughs> but no, right. no, wait, let me let me finish my point here. Okay, so oh, okay, think, think about out of everyone who leaves the church. You know, later on, later later on in this thing, it talks about how half uh get find another religion. The, the other half sort of become agnostic or atheistic. I could totally see half of noms being something like an atheist trapped in the Mormon religion. But but here's the problem: is when they ask you, do you believe in God and the Supreme Being, and they're nom. And everyone's looking at them for the same reasons they're saying they're Mormon, even though they're not Mormon. They're going to say, yeah, I believe in God, even though they may not believe God. Well, well, now, even when they're not looking, you know, I, I, there's the tendency to, you know, make yourself believe the lie uh, and even make yourself believe that you believe something different, you know, in the effort of helping you to fit the fit that social group. I, I'm not going to sit here and let the haters tell me what I believe or what a new Mormon is. Give me a break. I like think you're just part of the half. You're part of the half. <laughs> you're going to stick and believe in God. There you go. I think I think that no matter 
if if I was doing a survey, I would answer it honestly. But maybe people are different. Maybe they're like what you say, Niall. Maybe they answer it because they they're worried about what people think. I, personally, if if I was an atheist, I I would answer no. I I don't believe in God, even though I attend church. But that that's what's surprising about this this hundred percent, close to a hundred percent, because if there is is a large majority, what John has said in the past, you know, if there really is a good percentage of the members that are actually kind of gnomish a little bit, cafeteria kind of a mindset, if that's true, then why is it so close to a hundred percent? That's that surprises me because if I I kind of like to think that there is a lot of people that kind of pick and choose in the church. Well, keep well, in mind. tend to be very enthusiastic about their beliefs. What I mean by that is that, you know, that's it's 100%. It's very black and white. And, you know, it's, it's you know, literalist interpretation, you know, for the most part, or nothing at all. Well, I think that, you I, know what I mean? I bring this up because I have a, I have a, I have a close family member who is essentially a nom and uh, is so also essentially... Too, then? No, he's, he's, a, he's an atheist as well, pretty much. Right. And But if somebody asked, are, are you Mormon? He, he probably would say, yeah. And he'd also be an atheist. So what, what do you make of that? I think it's just a liberal view. I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, there's in the Jewish religion, there's all kinds of people that believe in all different kinds. I think what's different about the Mormon church is that there's really not a lot of room for this uh, unorthodox style of belief, right? Do you think they would? Do you think as soon as you become an atheist, in the general, generally speaking, you would stop identifying as Mormon in a in a survey? Maybe. Possibly, I think that uh, it's kind of what Jim, what Jim was saying. It's just a literal interpretation. I think there's too many uh, people that think black and white in the church, and that. Well, I know this is how I feel in my ward and stuff that. They look at me like, you know, I'm not really welcome there, you know, but I, I want to be welcome there, even though I don't, I'm not quite as orthodox as some of them are. It, I, but other religions don't have this problem. Other religions have their, their unorthodox divisions and people that come and go, but the LDS faith for some reason is very literal and very fundamental. Uh, when the LDS faith is not the only one that's that way, I mean, the, Jehovah Witnesses, for example, fall, oh, yeah. skew the same sort of way. Now, we're, yeah. we're talking about the, the question that was asked is, do you believe in God or a supreme being? You have to remember that 92% of the general population also said they did. So, so I mean, that's a pretty lightweight question. And we, you know, we, we kind of skewed them over that, but that, that's not a real heavy duty question, just believing in some form of some kind of deity. Now, I think the thing that's more interesting, I, I think most people wouldn't be surprised to say Mormons all say they believe in God. But the next related question was, do you believe in life after death? And here only 88% of Mormons said they believed in, they, they believed in life after death, that they were absolutely yeah, I found absolutely that a certain. little weird um, because it's, it's, it's a core belief that, you know, there's a, you know, pre-existence and a afterlife in, in Mormonism. Yeah, I think if you believe in God, you kind of have to believe in the life after death scenario, I would assume. Well, not necessarily. I mean, especially you look at uh, a lot of uh, people of the Jewish faith um, believe in God, but don't necessarily believe in life after death. I mean, that was even in the in the Bible. Um, no, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But I just in the LDS uh, style of teachings, <laughs> I guess that if but, you're going to believe in a heavenly Father the way that Mormonism defines it, then I think the life after death just kind of falls in. True, but this is I think where you're seeing more of your noms starting to come out in the statistics. You know that they're one in ten Mormons isn't absolutely certain. Um, now some of those guys said they were fairly certain or whatever, but you know that they weren't absolutely certain. I wonder, I wonder what percentage of Mormons believe that they're going to become gods with billions and billions of wives. I think quite a few actually. But, of that eighty percent, I wonder what it would be. Well, now you said billions of wives. I've never heard anybody say billions of wives. Oh heck, if, you know if <laughs> you're going to do it, you one, do it right. Not, yeah. Well, why stop at one? What did what did Joseph Smith and Brigham Young have? A few dozen at least. It, it, and Brigham, just the, Brigham Brigham had fifty-seven. Yeah, fifty-seven in how many years? Just a few decades after it started. You know, if you've got eternities. Yeah, you know, you could probably rack them up there. Yeah, but for you guys to say billions of wives, I mean, you're you're pushing words into the mouth. I mean, I haven't heard 
anybody but you say that. Well, fine, I'll <laughs> say trillion. Trillion supplies. Just throw a couple extra zeros on the end of that. That's you want right. me to go to quadri- quadrillion? I'll go if you don't stop. <laughs> Somebody mute his microphone. <laughs> okay, so they, there was a question about activity rate. And um, 76% of the Mormons said they attend church at least once a week. And I have to say, out of all these things, this is the one I have the hardest time believing. Because I've been in several Mormon awards, and most of them hovered around 50% activity. It's hard for me to believe that 76% of the 5.1 million Mormons in the United States are active. You know, this, is, you... The, this is the elusive number that I always hear about is how, how many exactly are inactive. In my ward, our, our bishop just announced last week that our ward is only at about 48, 49% activity. Yeah, and that, ward, that, so. that, that, that's pretty typical from my experience. About half, half are active. There is the double count conundrum. Do you all know how this works? Um, you, you have to count once a month. There's once a month, at least back when I was involved, only once a month did the statistics get reported to, to Salt Lake. And the once a month is usually the first Sunday, which is the um, um, baby, baby blessings. So there are people out there who could be being counted twice. Now, what the statistical significance of that is, I can't say, but... It's there's a possibility of that out there. Yeah, that might not mean anything. It, it might average out in the end. But what is what is the number? What is that thing that I've always heard that you're considered active in the church if you attend the church at least once every three months? Is that correct? Um, I you guys, you guys remember hearing that? Yeah, I can't remember how. That, there was a a question on the form, and they, you know, it was something like that. That um, if if you'd gone every so often, then they counted you as an active member. Of course, the the number that we would really like to see the church publish is the number of temple recommend holding members, and you know that, or the number of full tithe payers. Either of those numbers yeah. would be interesting, and the church knows absolutely what that number is, but they're not saying. Or how much tithing they bring in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that would be interesting also. Okay, the um, next one that was of interest to me, and I think on an earlier podcast we actually even skirted around this issue, which is basically retention. So the retention of childhood members. These are people who were members when they were children. In this survey, only 70% said that they were still um, they were still Mormon. So now this is where the numbers get a little strange because th- it might have been somebody who, you know, reported themselves to be, I don't know, a Baptist as an adult. But of the people who were who reported themselves to be Mormons as a, as a child, only 70% of those people were still um, Mormons. Now, of the, of the 30%, half of them said they had converted to another religion, and half of them said they had converted to no religion. So roughly about half of the people who leave the church don't become religious at all, and about half join some other church. They become Baptists or Muslims or something. Does that sound about accurate to you guys? I, I'm not so sure. I mean, 70%. Uh, I have a difficult time with that number myself. I'd figure it to be around 50 to 40. Well, you know, in Utah, I knew a lot of people who hadn't been to church for 30 years, and, you know, they were living with their their third girlfriend after their second wife and you know they their hobby was mixing drinks on saturday night and they would still report themselves to be mormons so if if the good old pew form called those guys you know they were still counted in the numbers right yeah maybe there is a little bit skewed but i don't know i i could see that 70 percent that if if you think of if you have 10 kids which is kind of average for the mormon folks you could expect seven to stay in the church and three to leave the church. That sounds about right to me. What about what about the percentage of those that leave, which is what, 30%? So 15% join another religion, and then the other 15% um, join the godless religion, I guess? Or, or just they they just don't report a religion. It The Pew form, it doesn't look like they report on an atheism at all in their, in their 2007 survey, at least not that I've seen. They just come disaffiliated with anything, right? They so the, you know they had their questions they're asking about what religion, and they just said, "I'm not any religion." I guess I'm kind of surprised. I, well, you know, I'm not really sure. I guess I thought that most people that leave the church leave religion altogether. But 
Yeah, and that's that's the where this has come up before is the people who have trouble with it tend to show up on the message boards or on the internet. And if you leave the church and become a Catholic, you probably just go to mass and you don't bother interacting with all the the noms and the the godless antis. Godless but, antis. <laughs> yeah, you, you got a point there. You know, it's uh, people who are on the boards. You know, that's their like you said, that's their outlet. It's almost their religion. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start throwing that around. <laughs> well, they got to find their morals somewhere, right, now. Yeah, we tend this. to use rational, you know, rational discourse to figure those out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the seventy percent. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. We sh- we should have a guy with a beard tell us what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we certainly don't want Niall to tell anybody what to do. <laughs> Nah, I don't think that would be good for anyone. Come on, for 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 you godless people, I mean, um, Lenin had a beard, and uh, Darwin had a beard, and I don't think uh, real, and um, Hitler had a mustache. So, um, <laughs> had a beard. <laughs> didn't most of the founding fathers have some sort of facial hair too? I think Jim Jones had a mustache, right? <laughs> All right. So, of that seventy percent, this is interesting. Um, so, the seventy percent that stayed in the church. How does that rank among other religions? Um, it, it, it said it's roughly comparable to the Catholics, which is 68%, but somewhat lower than those raised Protestant, 80%. I don't, if, if you grew up in some sort of liberal religion, leaving it kind of loses its oomph, right? Um, yeah. Jehovah Witnesses had, had a low retention rate, 37%. That doesn't surprise me. But at the same time, think of all the people that were isolated from their families because of that. You know... It, Jehovah's Witnesses have been, you know, historically very, very negative towards the people who who leave their religion. If you have family uh, that are still very strongly Jehovah's Witness and you leave the J Dubs, uh, it's you know you're you're ostracized. You know, you, even more so than the typical Mormon ostracization. Or wait, is that even a word? Yeah, they, ostracization. Okay, yeah, ostracization. So um, related to that, they said, uh, here's the Pew Forum again. Like all other religious traditions, Mormonism is simultaneously losing and gaining adherence due to religious change, but the net effect of these changes is small. Whereas 1.8% of the U.S. population says they were raised Mormon, 1.7% of the population says they are currently Mormon. So basically... And I think there was another survey came out last year that said basically right now the population of the the church is awash, meaning it's keeping pace with general population growth. Um, so the people going in are roughly equals the people going out plus the standard birth rate in the United States. Do we have numbers to to go off of? For I mean, historically, has this been a survey that's been run? Uh, you know through its paces, you know, before? Do we have anything to compare this to? I don't know. I, I don't want you to miss this one part, though, John, where it says that three-quarters of Mormons, 76%, stay, say that they read their scriptures outside of religious services at least once a week, and more than double the figure among the general population, which is 35%. And more than 9 in 10 Mormons pray at least once a week, with 82% praying daily. And then a majority of Mormons, 55%, say they received a direct answer to a specific prayer request at least once a month. So that's... That's a lot of car keys. <laughs> I think, you know, I hadn't really thought about it until I was reading that, that uh, most religions, I guess, really don't require that kind of devotion, that kind of, uh, you know, read your scriptures, thirty, you know, read your Book of Mormon 30 minutes a day or... Make sure you're praying all the time, and and fifty five percent actually say they received a direct answer. That's that's pretty impressive. God is definitely working in the Mormon Church, eh, Niall? That is so heartening to know that somebody's talking to God. Well, I, I think those numbers are just expected. You know, when I read through those, it's like, yeah, that's that's probably about what it what I would expect. No, no surprise right. there for me. But so it was enlightening to me, but not to you. All right. Well, I mean, it, it it is enlightening that it confirms, you know, what we are suspicious of. Um, once again, I I do uh, not to throw a curveball, but I do wonder the exaggeration factor. Uh, you know, the the classic example is this: is there was an old survey. I I can't remember if it was by the Kinsey Institute or Masters and Johnson, but they they asked how many 
sex partners people would have in their in their life, and men on average reported six, and women on average reported three. Well, those two numbers don't really jive. Um, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. It's very easy to, and I've seen this in in Mormons, and especially you know when I was on my mission with missionaries that. You know, on one hand, you know, we'd, you know, be out, you know, doing non-mission things with missionaries. Uh, and then, you know, the next day they'd be up at, at district conference, you know, bearing their testimony of how spiritual they are, you know, on the same hand. Uh, it, uh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to say. And there, you can, there, I guess there's no real hard data to back up this, but I doubt that the, I mean, because, Mormons are programmed to be outward about their dedication to Mormonism while at the same time not having enough time to, you know, read their scriptures a half an hour a day. Is it half an hour you're supposed to do that? I always did one chapter a night. One chapter? That's it? That might have been the reason why you left. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there might be some truth in that, but I, I tend to believe that the majority of them um, are following their religion. I mean, that's my experience, that people probably don't read their scriptures, you know, once a day, but most of them crack them at least once a week. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll admit this. I used to read them all the time, not, I mean, more than just a chapter a day. I I don't do it so much anymore, but yeah. I, How could I you did. take more than a chapter a day? Because I was dedicated now. I wanted to get close to God. And I, get those, I, mean, you, I wanted you, to fall you, into that 55% to actually get answers to prayers and stuff. Okay. You know, how did that work out for you? <laughs> uh, you know, I've had periods in my life where I read them more frequently than that, and some periods where I read them less frequently. But I think the one thing that we're sure of is we know why Niall left the church. He wasn't uh, practicing his religion. Yeah. That's he's... probably true. I'll have to ask him. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, the the less the less enamored of the cult you are, the more less likely you are to take the chance or whatever, inoculating yourself against reality. So of course it's going to go down before you leave. But more than a chapter, I mean, it's just insane. It's like you're sitting there and you're reading in the DNC and it goes on for for 40 49 pages and you're like, "You know what? I got to hear more about this. I got to hear more of this crap. This is great." <laughs> More of this crap, Niall. <laughs> you got to quit calling it a, a cult and crap. This is crazy. I mean, this was your this this is what Niall was up until recently. For crying out loud, I mean, I think I think you need to give yourself a little more credit. The old Niall probably wasn't that bad of a guy. The new Niall, I mean, I guess he's got his rough edges, but the old Niall might have been pretty cool. Tom, are you suggesting that when ex Mormons make fun of Mormons, they're really giving themselves a backhanded insult? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of different. <laughs> Niall isn't exactly trying to stay away from the anti-Mormon stereotype, you know? <laughs> Anti-Mormons don't have to create stereotypes for Mormons. <laughs> All right, let's let's head back to Pew. Um, <laughs> yeah, the pews. <laughs> so um, the the Pew form has a little chart, and then on the one side they have frequency of practice, and the other side they have intensity of belief. So plotting high frequency of practice versus high intensity of belief, and they rank Mormons the top. So the Mormons are the most intense practicers of their religion, according to the Pew Forum. Um, I, haven't been in, I haven't been in any other religion, but I would agree with that. And they beating out, they say, um, the evangelicals and the Jehovah Witnesses, which is surprising. How is that this is a good surprising. thing? It's neither good nor bad. Uh, it's, just, it's just what it is. I think it's a good thing because if you're in a faith, if you're in a religion, and you're devout, then you're taking it seriously. That's a good thing. I mean, you're not. What, whatever happens to moderation or, in all things? Moderation, moderation. <laughs> come on, you have to turn your brain on at least some days of the week here. Come on. That was in the word of wisdom. That wasn't in the general consensus of believing. I mean, they didn't say believe in moderation. They said, you know, be devout, pray often, you know, read your scriptures. Take this stuff seriously. That's what they're saying. Well, speaking of taking it seriously, we do see another statistic here that points to our noms. That it, This is from the Pew Forum. When asked whether they believe that their religion is the one true faith leading to eternal um, life or whether many religions, religions can lead to eternal life, a majority of Mormons, 57%, said there's the one true faith, and 39% take the opposite view. 
seven percent. That is surprising the hell out of me. Quite honest, that surprises me. Yeah, so that's like the first thing they teach you. Well, so that's what I'm saying. We're seeing a, a much more of that gnomish sort of behavior. Well, and I think part of it is because of the general authorities have been saying, "Hey, we, the other churches, the other religions, we gotta welcome them in. We gotta, we wanna, we wanna be a Christian church as well. They've got truth in them." That we, I think, I think that's part of it because I think the church itself is trying to not make that so exclusive. If you got thirty nine percent hearing the exact opposite when I was growing up in the church, you know, basically that the Mormons are the one true faith, you know, and I remember teaching on my mission, you know, this is the one true faith, you know, sure. the one true path to, you know, to eternal life. Yeah, it, it just seems so disingenuous. Well, I, if, if I you think get to choose your path, right. If you, if you're one of the 39% that gets to choose your path, why would you choose this most, the, the strictest religion uh, uh, you know, of the bunch. Well, now, 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 Niall, I think you're reading a little bit in. So I think what most Mormons in that 39% would say something like, this is the path for me. I'm supposed to be, not that any path is open to any person, but they might say those folks over there that, um, you know, as long as they're, they're living a good moral life, then they're fine. And that does resonate with Mormon teaching. I mean, Mormons for a long time have taught that, hey, those who don't have the opportunity to accept the gospel in this life, can accept it in another life, but I don't think they would extend that courtesy to um, the, the godless anti-Mormons. I'm just taking a shot in the dark here, but I'll bet you if you took that same question that this survey about the one true church 10, 20 years ago, I think that would be a lot higher. I think 70 to 80 percent would say of Mormons would say that it is the one and true faith, don't you think? I, I agree. I, I think a lot of that came in Hinckley's um, administration where, just like you're saying, there was much more of uh, push towards ecumenical ecumenicalism. I think it's also, I mean, the wording of the question too. I mean, it, everybody gets eternal life, you know, in, in Mormonism. Um, even you know, people who go to outer darkness can live for eternity. You know, can you know, their soul goes on forever. Even the wording of the question as well. That's true. Now, there's, the next thing the Pew Forum says, um, kind of also is interesting for Mormons and goes back to podcast number two and our interview with, uh, with Jason and Dr. Shades. Um, a majority, 54% said there is only one true way to interpret the teachings of the religion. And 43% says there are more than one. Now our apologist friends would take the second route, right? They would always say there's multiple ways to interpret, but the majority, the slim majority of Mormons say, nope, there's only one way to interpret Mormonism. Well, the That's, slim majority, or the slim majority, is the, uh, the is the unanimity, or you know, the entirety of the teachings of the church in, in meetings. I'm actually surprised on that number too. I thought it would be higher. I thought that the majority, I mean, because we've been talking about this literalist, fundamentalist uh, thinking. I'm, I'm trying to think what exactly the percentage is. How many of Mormons are actually very fundamental and literal in their teachings and according to this it says what 54% there's only one way to interpret the teachings then 43 said that, that there's more than one way that that's almost half for crying out loud that's pretty surprising to me now the 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 poll also points out that these these questions we were just talking about skew to the um to the to Utah so Utahns are much less likely than Mormons from other states to share their faith with others um they're more likely to say there is the one true faith, and they are more heavily, um, and they more heavily favor preserving traditional belief and practice. So Utah Mormons tend to skew much more of that sort of fundamentalist view. That's not surprising. No, no, no surprise there. <laughs> well, you, you you giggle at that one. I just you guys got the Utah. That one is down when you're not in Utah. I think it's funny. Well, well, the, the, you know, the one about sharing the religion, that, that's obvious. I mean, who are you going to share it with, right? No, I'm, I'm in agreement. I just thought it was funny. You guys are like, yeah, that's how Utah Mormons are while I'm in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> a, any, anything else on the belief in uh, practice that you guys want to point out before we move on to social and political views? Okay, so here here we get um, 
maybe some more controversial things. I don't know. But to me, um, all this stuff was in the, in the third section, which is social and political views. Um, first of all, uh, just a little toss, uh, throwaway one. A significant portion of Mormons, 68%, believe that their values are threatened by Hollywood, uh, which, was, which, which was the highest. Uh, Mormons are scared of Hollywood. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it says also here that John Boyd is the most hated um, actor out there, too, for its portrayal of Brigham Young. <laughs> you know, oh, no, I'm just making that up. Yeah, making that up. Surprise, surprise. Anti-Mormon lies. Okay, um, the the next one, uh, the Pew Forum tells us, um, not surprisingly, that Mormons are politically conservative. Six in ten Mormons identify as conservative. About three in ten say they consider themselves moderate, and only one in ten identify as liberal. And <laughs> it's been the tradition in the United States. I don't know if this is changing, but I know um, all through the 90s that people who, who said they were moderate tended to vote with the Republicans. So if we take that, then nine out of ten Mormons um, would be politically conservative where would you plug in the libertarian mormons because that's not conservative or liberal interesting when i read through these figures i was looking for that and there's a there's another question we'll come to here that it seems that the libertarians are not as strong in the church and you would think they would be especially utah county there's a lot of libertarian rhetoric down there but they didn't oh, yeah. show you look up at like Bo greitz and in the wing jobs in southern utah they'll uh they, They'll talk your ear off about libertarianism and Mormonism. Yeah, absolutely. So now the the next surprising thing is that the Mormons who identified as Republicans outnumbered the people who just identified themselves as conservatives. So that solidifies the tie between Mormons and the Republican Party. So that the, that was sixty five percent. Said, do you, think, do you said, agree with that kind of number, John? That seems right. I mean, every ward I've ever been in, it's very common to hear jokes at the expense of Democrats, to um, throw in little political barbs here and there, and, and um, I think that connection is well known with anybody who associates with Mormons. I think this is one of those numbers, too, that uh, 10, 20 years ago, it would be a lot higher. I think as time goes on, even 5, 10 years from now, that number will continue to go down. There's more and more liberal mormons coming out there's more and more utah democrats that are coming out so yeah you think of uh you know the john burt society and and the allegiance uh, uh that benson had with the john birches you know it's it's systemic so um this is another one where the mormons beat everybody else out of of every other religion in the survey the mormons skewed the most to the right now, I think the the biggest problem the church has, and I will flat out admit this, um, from the time I was young, um, probably about 17 or 18, I would say when I read the New Testament, I started leaning more left in my political um, philosophy, and that made it more uncomfortable for me to go to church. I still believed in the church, but it wasn't as fun for me because I knew I had to keep my mouth shut, and I knew I had to listen to a lot of Republican stuff. So the question then comes is, is does this start, hampering the church's growth effort because anybody who is aware of this anybody who's encountered mormonism mormons politically and they're democratic they're probably not going to be real receptive to their message did did your religious beliefs or views push you in that left or that liberal category at all or not did my religion i, I thought my religion informed that like i say um i i decided that after i read the new testament um that that the democratic position spoke more to what I believe was the Christian ethic and sort of the, the teachings of Jesus. I thought that more resonated politically with that. Now I, I can see the conservative side, but I've never been able to fully understand. And I'm talking personally here, the connection between let's say, you know, rampant capitalism and you know, the message of Jesus. I don't see any connection there at all. You're not you're not saying that you think that Jesus Christ is more of an Obama supporter than a Mitt Romney supporter, do you? That's crazy. No, I, <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that at all. But I, I <laughs> just kidding. I, I I think that um, a lot of times, I think probably one of the most informing things for for religion and politics is is abortion, um, 
And but I think along with that, a lot of people will say, well, if if the Republican Party is, you know, the anti-abortion party, then they must be right about everything and they'll accept lock, stock and barrel. Um, I'm oversimplifying there, but I think that happens quite a bit. And now in the Mormon church, it's just become tradition. You know, when you get raised, you get raised as a Republican and that's just the way it is. What I'm surprised is that there's not a lot of, well, if any, socialist, uh, you know, just, you know, an active discussion of socialism, uh, you know, concerning, you know, especially with uh, the the church's history dealing with the United Order and, you know, and and things along those lines of communal, uh, you know, ownership of property. I'm, I'm really surprised that that really is... You know, frankly, not even discussed. Well, you know, I don't think there's. I don't think there's very many Mormons that subscribe to that. I think, yeah, you know, what a law of consecration, where it is kind of a social socialist kind of an idea. I think most oh, yeah. Mormons now. I think most Mormons nowadays, just like just like the capitalism, they like the capitalist ideas. Yeah, I, and remember, this is a survey of Americans. I think if you were to take <laughs> European saints or. African saints or even South American saints, they would probably um, show up much different on the political spectrum. <laughs> that's, that's very, very true. I can speak to that. Yeah, what's it like over there, Niall? I mean, when it comes to you know political leanings in, in Europe, in, in the Mormons. Europe, and especially Scandinavia, has been so far left for so long, starting in the teens, that what what's what's american politics is like a bad nightmare for them they just don't get it for for you for someone to stand up as a as a what would be considered a, a either a paleocon or a neocon today almost unheard of anywhere in norway okay the next thing they come to are some of the um the um ideological beliefs the first one they talk about is abortion and this this is um basically what we'd expect Seventy percent say abortion should be illegal in most or all circumstance, but they do point out that Mormon opposition um, is concentrated on most cases rather than all cases. So only nine percent of Mormons say all cases, and that goes with church teachings, which is long exempted cases of rape, incest, and um, health of the mother, which is a much more liberal think, position. I do think that abortion is a big, big uh, swear for political views in, in the Mormon uh, membership, at least in my opinion. I think that uh, what, the, what really is weird to me, because abortion is a sticky thing and it, it causes division everywhere it goes, but, you know, when you really start asking them, what, well, why, why the exceptions? Why under case of rape? Is that not a person, you know, or incest or whatever? You know, still, to me, that's kind of a liberal view. (laughs) You cause exceptions, you know, then there's no more black and white, right? There's no left or right. You know, you cause an exception, so it's... Yeah, I think you're right. And I don't know of any... There's no discourse I know of that explains the church's position that way. As a matter of fact, it's not real well publicized. You have to get it from the super secret church handbook of instructions. Um, but, um, yeah, I I was real surprised when the the first baptism that I had on my mission, uh, the, uh, individual had, uh, helped a woman have an, uh, she had paid for the abortion and it required the mission president to come up and, uh, do a second interview with, uh, with, or actually a third interview. The, the, uh, the district leader, uh, had done, done, performed an interview after we uh, had uh, uh, gone through the paces, and uh, then the mission president came up and gave an interview uh, for in order for the woman to be baptized, uh, just because she had pay, helped pay for an abortion. So the the next um, social issue is homosexuality. Um, homosexuality should be accepted by society. Only twenty four percent. That's still one in four. I think that's um sh- shows a, a growing trend in the church. Um, Absolutely, define accepted though. Um, well, I, I don't know how. I, I think I think a lot of Mormons would say, "Yeah, you can be gay if you go stand over there behind the door or whatever." Well, there, I th- think that more homosexuals that are actually um, getting into Mormon homes, you know, more parents are having homosexual children, 
So it's kind of being forced on the parents or the siblings to actually understand that homosexuality isn't exactly um, maybe something that they chose. Very true. I mean, most of the people that are very anti-gay, you know, you ask them, do you actually know a homosexual? Exactly. You know, have you ever, you know, have you ever been friends with a homosexual? And And I would say, they would say, yeah, and uh, he's uh, happily married now. He cares, cured. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Did you guys read that? uh, That, uh, what was the APA that listed this, was it today? That uh, they discourage um, any therapists, (laughs) any therapists to uh, not talk about uh, gay to straight therapy. Do you guys read any of that? Just now? I thought they've been saying that for years. Maybe they have been saying then they're just saying it again. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, if you're if you're interested, <laughs> you guys know about Evergreen, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a very abhorrent um, institution in my opinion. Yeah, and also LDS Social Services along with that. Yeah, but I understand even they've backed off. Really? Um, um, trying to cure... I <laughs> I don't. I don't believe that for a second. What that they've they backed off trying to cure homosexuals? Yeah, I mean, if you're not being cured, you're being accepted for what you are in some regard. But right now, gay members of the church, what do they have to look forward to? They have they 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 can't live with anybody. They can't you know date anybody. You, you, you know, look at this. What kind of a life is this? And how in the world is this not trying to at least isolate them? But the church has issued some um, f- fairly heartfelt statements in the past few years, acknowledging that they realize this is a hard question. And I think in one of the few times that the brethren have acknowledged that they don't have the answers here. So I, it's obviously something the brethren are struggling with. We don't yeah. have the answers. We don't have, a, we don't have any problems messing with their lives in every case we can. Well, this, this homosexual topic could be a whole series of podcasts. So. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so the the next social issue, and this one was, out of all the things, this is probably the most surprising thing to me in this survey. Um, this has to do with the origin of human life and evolution. 22% of Mormons say it is the best explanation, and 75% disagree. That's appalling. I'm, yeah, that is messed up. So, you know, we talk about progression in the church, and, and you know, and we've, I know I personally have been in rather uh, heated debates with apologists who claim that no, 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 you can believe in evolution and be a good Mormon, and most Mormons do. Clearly, if it's down to 22%, the Mormon church still has its uh, horse uh, hooked to the cart of of the 6,000-year-old creation and and no evolution. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because they teach that all the all those stories in the Old Testament were literal and they actually happened, so it kind of just instills in their head. I think that's that, reinforced by a bunch of new fictions they came up with. New fictions? Well, think about how. About? Okay, with other Christian faiths, how many versions of the creation story do they have to deal with? The 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 two that are in Genesis, right? And then how many do Mormons have to deal with? I think uh, it's like five or something five. like that, right? There's the and and the, and the last three were revealed and so updated, you know, in the last hundred years or so or whatever, and so you can't just say, well, this was written a long time ago. It may or may not be accurate for you to be a Mormon. You got to believe. Oh, yep, we just got updated on this because uh, you know they're prophets after all. But here, here now, I'll, I'll take I'll take uh, the Mormon defense on this one. So you have the book Attaboy, of John, Attaboy. You, you have Genesis. You have the book of Moses. You have the book of Abraham. Then you have the Temple, and they all they all disagree with one another, which you could say that's proof that they're all metaphoric because they're all just emphasizing different portions of the story. You, they can't be taken literal because it's impossible to take them literally. So just, it's, okay, first of all, what about the atonement? Okay, so do we don't have to buy that crap anymore? Okay, now, Second of all, what, what about the Joseph Smith visions? They don't agree with each other. Was that metaphorical? Now, or are they just sort of trying to duck and dodge on this. I actually agree with you here. I I think that the reason most Mormons do not believe in evolution because fundamentally Mormon doctrine is incompatible with the theory of evolution. I think Joseph Fielding Smith had it right in Origin and Destiny. I've read that book and he is right on. 
you cannot take Mormonism at face value. Now, you can twist it and turn it like um, the cafeteria Mormons do and ignore this and pretend that part doesn't exist. And, and oh, jeez. <laughs> well, I, I, you, you, I'll give you your chance to defend, but you know I'm right. All right. Um, <laughs> but, but fundamentally, Mormonism out of the box is incompatible with human evolution. Human well, evolution. It's, incompatible. it's also incompatible with uh, a lot of other stories. You know, the, the Noah's Ark is critical because if Noah's Noah's flood didn't happen, then uh, you know what was Noah? What, what kind of a prophet or patriarch was Noah? Some kind of you know delusional guy in a bathtub. You know. Well, you, you know what the uh, rainbow is. It's a sign of God's promise to never destroy the world again with a local flood. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess Tom he's should have broken that. Okay. A okay. Okay. Tom, go ahead. Go with your defense. <laughs> I'll try to defend myself, but since I'm already wrong from the get-go, I don't know if it's worth it. Uh, I shouldn't let it stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. The okay. I think. I think the creation is a difficult issue. It is for me. I think the creation is a very difficult issue because. There is a long or strong emphasis on that there has to be an Adam and Eve, that there has to be it's in it's in the Pearl of Great Price. It's I mean, it's in the temple for crying out loud. It's a it's a very strong doctrine that the creation actually happened. So when apologists or cafeteria Mormons who always have it wrong actually want to believe in evolution, it causes some serious cognitive dissonance. I I'm I'm willing to admit it. It's it's a toughie, yeah. Yeah, not it's only not... we know that it happened, or they know that that it happened. We know where it happened as well. You know, that's you know the very literal geographical, you know, kind of explanations that were given. Isn't it true that uh, that Joseph Smith actually found uh, an old Adam and Eve uh, altar in Missouri somewhere? Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that too. That he Amazingly actually claimed not... that he found it. <laughs> Amazingly, not buried by the same sediment. That buried the rest of the world and caused all the fake fossils and stuff. Hey, but it was impressive that it lasted through the flood. That's what I was impressed with. Yeah. God works in mysterious ways. Uh, okay, so um, the next one, question of um, this, this is where we come back to. We, we hinted at the libertarians a little bit before. Um, on the question of morality, here I'll read from the Pew um, stuff again. Mormons favor a large role for government. A majority, 54%, said government should do more to protect morality, with a small number, 39%, saying they worry the government is too involved in the issue of morality. So that old Mormonism leads to libertarianism is kind of questioned by that number, at least. I've never heard that Mormon, Mormonism leads to libertarianism. Well, that's because you don't live in Utah and you don't hang out with the John Birchers. I, I grew up in Utah and, you know, I when I... When I when I converted to libertarianism, it was constantly in conflict with the church. I had a well. Now you're a, you're a lefty libertarian. That's different than than the conservative libertarians. Conservative libertarians. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not a lefty or a righty libertarian. I'm, I'm an anarch anarcho libertarian. So that's I, like I, you, that's like the left of left. I hate to tell you. It's <laughs> not. It's not on the scale. <laughs> you grew up in U Nile. You grew up in Utah. What happened, bro? Well, I grew up in Utah. That's I, what, I was, is that that was the problem? I was I was one of the lucky percent. All right, well that, that those were the um those were the Did you fill up pretty quick there, Tom? <laughs> you know, you've almost caused me to drink a beer just listening to you. <laughs> hey, let me put this thing on there. That's a wink for you. <laughs> hey, did we miss did we miss the one statement? Um, a strong majority of Mormons, 88%, say that they are they that there are absolute standards of right and wrong. Um, we must have uh, skipped over that one, but obviously that's uh, um, I, I think that's one of those that that makes sense. I mean that that's that's a, a rock bed of Mormon sort of culture and belief that that's the case. Is, isn't that I mean the focal point saying that. Um, almost ninety percent of Mormons are black and white thinking that it's. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, isn't but, that isn't that what causes the division? Isn't that what causes people to leave the church the way some of you guys left the church? Or absolutely, and and you see that black and white thinking get carried over to the um, critics, right? That 
they tend to be yes. some of the most black and white thinkers about Mormons there are. Um, but, you know, in an, an ironic twist, I think that that black and white thinking is very present in 20th century Mormonism, but it wasn't that present in 19th century Mormonism, um, especially from Joseph Smith. He was much more of a moral relativist. Yes. Yeah, you can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> he likes relatives, all right. Jeez. I, I just think that it, that that statistic kind of confirms to me why my life um, as a cafeteria Mormon sucks most of the time because <laughs> because I don't fall into, you know, I'm, what is that? I'm less than 10%? That sucks. I, I think, um, truth be told, it's probably higher than that, but. Okay, thanks. Thanks for everybody for participating. Um, remember, the discussion continues at mormonexpression.com. You can check out the blog to see if there's any links or more information on what we talked about tonight. And I'll definitely put up a link to the Pew Forum research so you can read it yourself. Uh, you can call and leave a message at 801-906-6722 or email us your comments or audio for future podcasts. Um, our music is provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. there but for the grace of god my friend you know fix it you know just jam it in <laughs>